Hi, I'm Joseph McClendon III, and welcome to the Cure for the Common Life podcast. Listen, you know as well as I do that motivation, empowerment, and inspirational stories, they're all well and good, but that's not what keeps us going. That's not what's going to change your life, and that's not what's going to move the needle in your health, your wealth, your happiness, your abundance, or your ability to be able to help other people and make a difference. What keeps us going, what produces results in our lives is activity, not action, activity. And when you can get yourself past the things that stop you and hold you back, that's when you'll thrive and that's when you'll crush it. And I humbly offer you these tools and strategies to kick your own ass and make the changes so that you can thrive. But most of all, I'm going to give you something every single time that you can do to create a change in yourself. Life is exactly what you dare to make it and fortune favors the bold, baby. So if you're ready, let's bold. Hi, I'm Joseph McClendon III, and welcome to the Cure for the Common Life podcast, the place to go when you want to know how to go further faster. So if you want what you want sooner rather than later, then you landed in the right place, because we're committed to bringing you the truth bombs that show you exactly how you function as a human being and then how to use that information to get the very best out of yourselves and whatever it is that you want for your life, your lifestyle, your health, your wealth, and your happiness. And I'm especially excited on this episode because I get to share with you and talk to you about one of the fundamental and rudimentary beliefs, understandings, and organizing principles with regard to achieving anything in your life, whether it is, like I said, your health, your wealth, your relationships, whatever it is, whatever you want to get done, this is the law. This is the thing that everybody talks about. As a matter of fact, we've heard it over and over again, that if you want to accomplish anything in your life. If you want to get anything done, you got to take action. No fewer than a dozen books have that in the title, and there's not a motivational speaker or empowerment speaker or mentor or coach that doesn't preach it and talk about it. And I got to admit, I talk about it as well. Matter of fact, I used to talk about it a lot until I recognized that that is not the key. It's part of it, absolutely, but that is not the key. Especially that is not the key to going further faster. As a matter of fact, I submit to you that taking action actually slows you down and will detour you from getting you what you want in the end. And I also submit to you that those that achieve a lot, including you, by the way, because you've already done this that I'm about to talk to you about, do so by doing something other than, or shall I say, in addition to taking action. And so what I'm going to talk to you about in the beginning might seem a little counterintuitive. However, I promise you that you're not only going to agree with me by the time I get done here, but you're going to want to do the three steps, actually the four steps that I'm going to share with you what to do to go further faster and to employ this thing I'm going to talk about. And I also want to remind you that, remember, this is not just about me telling you stuff and, and teaching you knowledge. As a matter of fact, that's one of the sayings, that knowledge is not power, action is power. And so I'm going to give you something to do to utilize this thing that I'm going to talk to you about. And so I'll start here. At the risk of sounding arrogant, I've had the privilege over the last couple decades of interacting with and mentoring and being mentored by some pretty amazing people. And by most people's standards, these people have achieved more than any of us could ever dream. Millionaires and billionaires and actors and actresses, Academy Award winners, you name it, across the board. And all of them, every single one of them, has a few characteristics about them 
that are the fundamentals of how they achieved what they've achieved. And so when I talk to people, and I like to interview people, and on this show from time to time, I'll bring other people on, I'll interview them. And, and the reason I'm starting here is because I want you to notice that every single one of them has this trait about them as well. And that is that they know the difference between action and activity. It's two different things. And not only do they know the difference, but they practice it. And I'll share with you, even in my own life, I've learned that difference a long, long time ago. And I, I got to be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't practice it all the time. And I got to be honest with you, there was a time that I forgot about it and things fell by the wayside. But as soon as I remembered it and started practicing it, that's when everything changed. My whole life changed and everything changed around me. You see, I was taught the difference at a very, very young age by my father. I grew up in a military family. My father was a tech sergeant in the United States Air Force. He was a mechanic and he worked on helicopters and C-130 cargo aircraft. And my father was a very proud man. And my father was very, very patriotic. And as a matter of fact, all the way up until his passing two years ago, he was always that guy that was always in the parades. He was always that guy that was always putting flags on the graves of the unknown soldiers and, and standing up for veterans and things like that. My, my father was a very disciplined man. And he was that way because he grew up in the 30s. And in the 30s, as a black man, it was very, very difficult. And he didn't get his education back then. And he had to work very, very hard. So he got his education while he was raising his family. And even though I didn't realize it at the time, that was a really big, deep wound for him. He shared with me that later on in his life. And the reason being was because he wasn't around a lot or as much as he felt like he could or should be to raise his family. My father worked during the day in the Air Force. He had a side job as he was working as a sky cap back in the olden days before luggage even had wheels. You'd pull up to the curb and you'd give the sky cap your luggage and he would haul it inside and while you got your ticket and, and he would check it in for you and do all that stuff and he'd work for tips. And then after that, he would leave there and he would go to night school. And he did this through, gosh, a great deal of my childhood. He eventually got his master's degree and, and went on. And as, as time went on, he became a computer programmer and, you know, changed his life and, and things went better. But while I was growing up, my dad was constantly reminding his family, my sisters and myself, the critical importance of integrity and work ethic and sticking to things. Matter of fact, he would always say, never put off till tomorrow what you could do today. He said, procrastination and hesitation are the thieves of our dreams. <laughs> and he would always tell us, listen, you got to do a great job and a better job. He said, he would always say that if, if a man pays you for eight hours a day, you give him eight and a half, if not nine. And that's just the way that he was. And being the only boy in the family, his only son, he was especially hard on me. And I got to be honest with you, I hated it at the time and I kind of felt like it was unfair. And I also would look around and I would see other kids' fathers uh, not being as, as strict as my father was. And again, I hated it at the time, but there's not a day that goes by now that I don't appreciate it and thank him for that now. And I remember my father would always, he was always, he was a kind man. He was, he was always encouraging. He was a happy, happy guy. And if I did something, even if I got a great grade, he was always, always great about it. He'd, he'd celebrate me and he'd always tell me that was, that's awesome. And you did a spectacular job. And then he'd always ask this question. Okay. So what could you do to make it even better? 
And because I felt good, because he praised me and, and appreciated and acknowledged what I did, I never felt like it was not good enough. I always felt like, okay, yeah, it could be better. It could be better. And one of the things that he would always say is he'd go, the answer to that question is always just do a little more the next time. Do a little more the next time. And so my dad was also very, very energetic and his energy came from a core belief that he had. His belief was that your body gives you your energy. Now, this is, remember, this is the olden days before the uh, nutritional science and the things that we have right now. But he would always believe that you got to exercise. You got to move your body. And if you move your body, then everything else will fall in place. <laughs> and my dad, he would tell us, you got to do 50 push-ups, 50 knee bends, 50 sit-ups and 50 jumping jacks every single day, no days off. And he said, you do this, and then at some point, it's just going to be natural for you. And he would enforce this in our whole family. My dad would put a chart on the wall, these, these charts on the wall, and we had to fill it out every day. And if we didn't do it, he would come in. I remember he'd come in and wake us up at night and get us up, and we had to do our exercises. <laughs> and and again, I hated it then, but now I, I thank him because I'm healthy now. I have that belief about me as well. And I remember clear as day. One day I was doing my push-ups, and I was in the middle of them. I was, do, you know, I I do like ten at a time or whatever. And my dad asked me a question. My dad said, "Hey, which one of those push-ups is going to do the most good?" And I go, "What do you mean?" And he goes, "Well." You're, you're looking to build your muscles and you're looking to get healthier, but which one of those push-ups is going to do the most for you in the end? He goes, number one or number 50? And I said, well, number 50. And he goes, nope. And I go, number one. And he goes, nope. Number one will just get you started. Number one may get you to number two and, and number three and number four, but that's not going to be the one that does the most good. And I go, okay, dad, which one? And he goes, number 51 and number 52. <laughs> and he laughed out loud and everything. And he goes, but that's the name of the game. He says, you just keep on going. And then when you can't go anymore, you get up and do it again when you can. And you keep on doing it until you gain the muscle, until it becomes automatic with you. And the reason I'm telling you that is that is the key. That is the difference between action and activity. You see, a lot of people take action. And I, I should have asked this question earlier. Have you ever noticed that there are some people, and maybe you're one of them, I know I have been more times than I care to admit in my life, that take a lot of action, that do a lot of stuff, but don't always get a lot of stuff done. You know, they got lists and lists of things to do, but those lists never seem to get done. Or they're working on something and they don't ever get that big pie in the sky dream. They don't ever get that big car or that house or that great body and all those things. But if you talk to them, yeah, well, I did it. I took action. I did this. And so the definition of action is doing something over and over again. Doing it once or twice or three, 10, 15, you know, for X amount of time. But the definition of activity is doing that action over and over and over again repeatedly with joy until you surpass your goal. 
Let me break that down for you because I told you I'm going to drop some truth bombs on you because here's the reality. Most of us, when we go after something, we go to do something. We go, okay, I'm going to take action. And just in those words alone, that should be saying something. You take something away from it. No, you should be going to give something, give your effort, give your energy, give whatever you have to make it happen. But doing it over and over again with beyond the goal in sight. And doing it with the expectation, with the positive expectancy that you're not only going to get whatever that goal is that you want to make happen, but you get to do more of what you're doing. And that sounds crazy. It sounds counterintuitive. But if you talk to anybody that has worked hard at anything and they worked hard at something that they that they reap the benefits and they enjoy the benefits, as they look back, they would always say, and I bet you do the same thing. I know I do. I say I wouldn't have it any different. You know what? Working hard like that and doing that over and over again, getting up early, staying up late and doing all that extra stuff is the reason I have what, and I would do it again to make it happen. Now, would you do it again? Maybe, maybe not. But the reality is, is that most everybody looks back and goes, the reason why I have this success in anything is because I did the extra stuff. And I'll give you a perfect example. As I said, I think I talked to you this about on the, the first episode and that there was a time in my life that I was homeless. And I was homeless because three grown men, when I was 17 years old, tried to take my life because of the color of my skin. And it left me, it left me just completely devastated. It left me feeling hopeless and worthless. And again, and, and I wound up homeless. And what changed my life was somebody came along and introduced me to personal development. And they gave me the book, Think and Grow Rich. By the way, the time that I spent down on the bottom and homeless and, and, and feeling worthless, I forgot about activity. I forgot all the lessons that my father gave me, and I didn't do them. But when the gentleman gave me the book, the book was called Think and Grow Rich, and I sat down and I started reading the book. Here was the deal. I not only read the book, but I did the exercises in the book, and I did them the same way I was taught to do things. Not just do it for 10 days, not just do it, even though he recommended just do it for X amount of time. I did it, and here's the key. I still do it to this day. I still do certain things to this day, even though I've gotten great prosper, even though I've been able to help other people, I still do elements of that today. You know why? Because I get to do it. And I talk to a lot of people, maybe you have as well, read the book, Think and Grow Rich, and I encourage you to. Napoleon Hill wrote the masterpiece of all times, probably the greatest and most popular book of all times with regard to personal development and, and achievement and The fundamentals of that book hold true today for anybody that's looking to do anything. But here's the deal. I talk to a lot of people, a lot of people who've read the book, and I always ask them, did you do the exercises? And most people didn't. If they completed the book at all, they didn't do the exercises. And if they did do the exercises, I ask, do you still do the exercises? And they go, no, I got what I wanted, and they don't do that. But I go, the exercises were one thing, but the process of doing the exercises over and over again, activity, is what gets you what you want going beyond here. Now, listen, I might not know you personally. I might not know what you do yet. I might not know you yet. Hopefully, our paths will cross at some point. But I do know this about you. You're already successful. You're already amazing at something, and anything that you're amazing at, is the result of you having done activity. And I mean everything. I don't mean just the big things. I mean everything. Anything from walking, talking, 
tying your shoes, riding a bicycle, driving a car, anything that you've gotten good at is because you had the discipline to do it over and over again until you passed your goals. You didn't stop talking. You didn't stop walking. You still do those things. And so the trick to going further faster, and the reason why I wanted to have this conversation with you to lay the foundation for what we're going to be doing is to get it into your nervous system that this concept or this process of doing something over and over and over again until you surpass your goals should become your habit, should become your natural default as you go after anything. And I promise you, if you follow the steps, if you go through the steps, it will become a natural extension of who you are and you'll find yourself getting up early, staying up late and going after the things with more vigor and getting more stuff done. And that's why I say, by the way, Taking action actually slows you down because here's what happens. A lot of people take action. A lot of people start a lot of things and get going and then they get frustrated and then they stop and they start something else and then they stop and they start something else and then they stop and they start something else and it becomes a vicious circle. You've been there. I know I have in the past. But when you get yourself locked in on knowing exactly that you're going to continue to do this set of activities over and over again, you stay focused on a goal longer, you stay enthused about something longer, and you have something called positive expectancy. And what does that mean? That means this. Positive expectancy means living in the state of expecting something great's going to happen, expecting resolution, expecting that there's going to be some sort of resolve, relief, or something happening in the future, as long as you keep doing what you're doing. Let me give you a perfect example. When you lose your car keys, when you lose your car keys and you go looking for them, you don't look for them thinking to yourself that I'll never find these things. They're gone for good and, I, and I'm never going to be able to find these and, and life is going to end as I know it now. It's going to be all this hard stuff because if you do, you never find your keys, do you? You go looking for your keys as though you're going to find them. Your brain is going, ah, maybe they're over here. No, maybe they're over here. Maybe they're over here. And you keep on looking for them until you find them. And that mindset, that set of thoughts that you're having in that moment, expecting to find them, makes your body release endorphins. And endorphins are just that magical set of chemicals that your body releases that makes you feel good. And that's what motivates you. That's what pulls you into the future. And so taking that concept and utilizing it and putting it towards anything that you're about to do that you need to do, the steps that I'm going to give you start to build that endorphin release and start to build that positive expectancy inside of you. And let me back up for a second. I'm going to talk to you about something called discipline because discipline for most people is a dirty word. It's just like we think about it and we look, think about all those other people who have discipline and we may think to ourselves, well, I could never do that. You know, I don't have the discipline to stay on my diet. I don't have the discipline to get up early in the morning. I don't have the discipline to blah, 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 blah. And we have that conversation with ourselves and lo and behold, we don't have the discipline to do it. But I want to break it down to you. When you think about what discipline is, what comes to mind for you? Think for a second. What does discipline mean for you? Like I said, for most people, it's painful. For most people, it's some sort of stress. It means you got to do something that is uncomfortable for you. But I want you to look at discipline as a sequence of activities that produce emotional result in you. And here's what I mean by that. The definition of discipline is doing the prescribed activity as prescribed, no matter what, even and especially when it's difficult. Let me repeat myself. 
doing the prescribed activity as prescribed, no matter what, even and especially when it's difficult. What does that mean? If somebody says, go to the gym and lift this weight 10 times and do this five days in a row and then two days off, five days in a row, two days off, five days in a row, then that's the prescribed activity. It didn't just say action. It didn't just say go one day and do it here and do. And they, they say, this is the prescribed activity. And that means doing that prescribed activity as it's, as it's prescribed, no matter what. That doesn't mean that if you get up in the morning, you don't feel like doing it, or if it's raining outside, or if you get tickets to your favorite movie or a ball game or something like that, that you don't do it that day, or you don't make it up when it's coming up. That means as prescribed, you do it no matter what. Remember all the way back when I was talking about my dad, it was no matter what. Didn't matter if you were asleep. If you missed a day, then you did two on the next day. <laughs> and I know that sounds harsh, and my dad pounded it into us. Not literally, he didn't beat us with it, but he, but that was just, you know, the way he was. And again, that's who we became. Why? Because we did it over and over again. We just became who, who we are. Anything that is repeated becomes a habit, and any habit that is reinforced becomes automatic. That's the first thing. That's what discipline is, doing the prescribed activity as prescribed, no matter what, even and especially when it's difficult. But here's the loop. If you have discipline, if you're doing that, then remember what I said? It is a sequence of events, of activities. The activity of of doing whatever it is will lead to something else called a skill, an activity of skill. And what that means is this, a skill happens when you do something over and over again. If you tie your shoes over and over again, then you have your skill to tie in your, your shoes and in anything at all. And as I said, remember, the brain and the body cannot resist repetition. And so when you do something over and over again, do that discipline, for example, then you be, you have this skill. And the skill, guess what that does? It builds the emotion called certainty and confidence inside of you. Remember, I said it's a sequence of events that produces an emotional state. And so your, your confidence grows because you do it over and over again. You know, if you learn to play piano, you practice scales first, and at first you don't do so well at it. But then after a while, you'll feel confident you can do that. And guess what? Wait for it. The brain releases endorphins and, dop- and, and dopamines again, which means your body is rewarding you for doing it. And anything with the nervous system, that's how it grows and learns. Because if it gets reward, then it says, let's do it again. And the greatest reward you can give yourself is that release of those chemicals in your brain. And so now that you have the skill and you got the endorphins released in you because now you feel certain and confidence about that, about it, it leads to the next step in that loop, which is belief. And a belief is unquestioned. In other words, you never question it. When you get in your car, you believe that you can drive this car. When you, you know, get up in the morning and you get dressed, you believe, you don't think about it. You don't go, I wonder if I can do this today. It's unconscious. It becomes who you are. It's, it's your default. There's not a one of us that has driven a car that hasn't gotten in the car and driven for 10, maybe 15 minutes and didn't even realize, then you think, gosh, I don't even remember stopping at those stop signs or stoplights or anything because it's so automatic. You don't get in your car and go, let me take the keys out and put them in the ignition if you have that kind of car anymore and turn it here, put my foot on the brake. You don't do that. It's automatic because you have a hardcore belief that you can do it. A belief is a deeper, deeper emotion of certainty and confidence about a certain thing or a certain ability. 
And what happens is when you get a belief in you, that level of endorphin that keeps getting released is even stronger and even more constant. And every time you, you don't even notice it's happening, that level of certainty. And guess what? You feel great. And then guess what that does? It's a loop. It goes right back into the next time you have to do something, your brain will go, well, wait a minute, I did that before. So let me just do it again. And so you have the discipline again. So belief leads to discipline. Discipline leads to skill. Skill leads to belief, leads to discipline and around and around. And as long as you stay on it and do this last piece, you will develop the habit, you will develop the skill of activity in whatever it is that you do. You see, I was fortunate. I had the father, <laughs> the father that, that did those things. And by the way, my deepest wish is that you had or have somebody like that in your life. And if you didn't, I humbly offer you my own dad. Or, you know, that's why I'm here right now. It's because I get to teach these things. But if you didn't, it's never too late to have a happy childhood. Borrow my dad. And so that habit that I have and that I get to teach other people and that, as I said earlier, I see it in the mega successful and people that have achieved the things that most of us would love to do is this, that they, ha they know the difference between action and activity. And I became aware of the fact that I was doing activity and that I was taught that. And that I was actually doing it and, and producing consistent results and consistent success in my life was in my 20s, I did something that the lights came on for me. And how they came on was because I invested in a seminar. <laughs> and I remember watching late night at television, there was an infomercial. And the infomercial was a guy named Robert Allen. And Robert Allen was one of the first guys that was teaching people how to flip houses, if you will, and, and use real estate as a, uh, as an investment or as a income stream process to create income and create wealth for yourself. And I remember being excited about it. I went to this guy's seminar. It was one weekend. And I went there, and at the end of the seminar, Robert Allen told us, he says, I just taught you 50 ways to buy houses for no money down. Matter of fact, that was the name of his book, No Money Down. And he said, you don't have to use all 50 of them. He said, you only need one of them. And he taught us something called the cookie cutter method. And he says, take one, study that one, get good at that one, and then do it. And do it over and over again, and then you can learn some of the others. Otherwise, you can get caught up in something called the paralysis of analysis, where you feel like, I got to I gotta learn all of these things, like kind of, I got to take action on all of these things here, and you don't. And he said, if you follow these instructions, if you do this as I say and do it the way that I say it, you'll get some results. And I remember at the time I was thinking, okay, I didn't have time because his plan was you buy two houses a year for 10 years. At the end of 10 years, you'll have 20 houses and you'll have X amount of residual income coming in from, from these homes. And then you can always sell them in the end and you get the equity and all that stuff. But I wanted to be a musician. I wanted to make money fast. So I went to him and I said, look, if you buy two houses a year for, for uh, 10 years, what if you buy 10 houses a year for two years? And I remember he laughed out loud and he says, of course it'll work. He says, but you got to really be disciplined. And I remember thinking to myself, well, I'm disciplined. I'll do that. Well, to make a long story short, in less than a year and a half's time, I purchased 26 houses. 
And I used one method of doing it, just like he prescribed. Actually, I take that back. I did have to use an additional method on the 26th house because the deal started to go sour. And I, matter of fact, I had to call him up and say, hey, well, here's what's happening with the deal. What would you suggest? And he, he instructed me to go to this method here, and I used it. And so why am I telling you all this stuff? It's because out of 500 other people, there were 500 other people that went to that same seminar one weekend. And I was the only one that bought any more than two houses. And it wasn't because I was so smart. It wasn't because I knew more than the rest of them. It's because I followed the instructions and I did what my papa taught me years ago was over and over again. And I remember one of the things that Robert Allen would say is you get up every single day and you check the newspaper for something called FISBOs for sale by owners. Not some days, not most of the days, every day. And you do that until you reach your goal. And that became my habit. I would get up and I would do it every single day, along with probably half a dozen other little things in there. And that just became who I was, what I did. And I'm not saying all this to brag or to boast, but to let you know a couple of things. Like I said, any and everybody, including you, anything that you've ever done, it comes from that fact that you've had activity in doing it. And so you may be saying to yourself by now, well, Joseph, what's that other thing that you were talking about that ensures it? And so what? You did it. And you know what? I, I, yeah, I've done things in the past, but how do I get myself to stop procrastinating? How do I get myself to step up and have the discipline or have that activity that I know I need to have when I don't feel like doing it? And it's difficult to do. Well, lucky for you, I'm going to show you four different steps that you can do it to make it happen. And they're simple. I didn't say they were necessarily easy, but they're simple. I'm going to make them as easy as I possibly can for you. But if you do them, then you will hone that skill as well. And the first step is, and you want to write this down if you can, choose. And don't worry, I'm not just talking about, I choose to do it. And, you know, having that determination in your voice and all those things and and choosing to do something. Choosing is only part of it. We've all chosen to do something before and we fell back on it. We forgot to do it or we got distracted or whatever. and We didn't follow through. I'm saying choose one thing to have activity about or one thing to work on. Make a choice. And that means, because remember, all we're going to do, my whole thing, is to help you condition yourself to go further, faster, automatically. I said it at the top of the show. My outcome is to help you show you exactly how you function as a human being and then how to use that information to get the best out of yourself. And part of one of those things is is choosing one thing at a time to work on. So choose something, whether it is building a muscle, whether it is writing a book, losing weight or getting a better body or whatever it is that you want, choose one thing. Because here's the challenge with most people. We think we get overwhelmed. We think that we have so many things to do, and most of us do. And so when we think about all the things that we have to do, and we think, oh, I got to do something else, we get overwhelmed. And it's so, so much easier to get distracted, to, you know, go on social on your on your phone or, or do Netflix or or something else, anything else. And sometimes you have legitimate other things that you got to do as well. And we get distracted. So I'm telling you to choose one thing. And then, st- and then part of that choice, step number two is to write it down. Now, you might think to yourself, OK, well, I chose it. But part of, of the whole Activity process and discipline process is to start doing something, something to set the ball in motion. Remember, 
We're working on the habit. We're working on the consistency of doing something. And if you get good at doing it with one thing, then it will transfer into other things. So writing is critical. And there's other things that I could add to it. And I'm going to talk about that on another episode with regard to how we create and bring things into our lives. But it starts with you physically doing something. So write it down. And you can write down, I choose to gain this much muscle in this amount of time, or I choose to make this much money in this amount of time, or in my case, it was I chose, and I did, I wrote it down. It was one of the things that he said to do, was I wrote down that I'm going to acquire 10 houses a year for the next two years. I wrote it down. If I looked hard in my in the annals of my times, I bet I could find where I wrote it down in one of my journals. Write it down. I know this sounds unbelievably simple, but what you write, you invite into your life and it becomes a tangible thing inside your own brain. So write it down. Step number three is list all, any and everything that you you need to do consistently. Write it down. If you got to build the muscle, you got to go to the gym five times a week and lift this weight 30 times, five times each or whatever it is. If you got to buy houses, like I said, you got to, you got to, you know, read the newspaper. You got to do this. You got to do that. Write it down. Don't leave. And by the way, when I say write, I don't mean put it on your computer or on your iPad. I mean physically write it in a journal of some sort. Use your hands and write it down. It does something to you. It literally wires your brain and makes it a very, very real thing. And so I can't stress this enough how important this is. You know, if you listen to more of the stuff that I'm going to be talking to, which I hope you do, you're going to, you're going to see that there's some consistency in what I talk about. And these are the things that I get to coach my, uh, I coach my high-end clients with as well and mentor them. And these are all of the things that I share with them as well. And it is the reason, one of the biggest reasons why they have that success as well. Write it down. Next step is step number four, schedule it and do it. Schedule it and do it. And what does that mean? That means get out your phone or get out your calendar and put on your calendar when you're going to do these things. Now, by the way, you only have to do this once. It's not, you have to, you don't have to write this every single day. You only have to do it once. Schedule it and put it in your calendar. And when I say schedule, I don't mean just write it in there. If you got a cell phone, you may be listening to me on one now, but if you got a cell phone, it has a feature on it called a timer. You know, I use I use a, an iPhone and on it, I can just tell Siri to set an alarm for 10 o'clock tomorrow to do A, B, C or D. And guess what? When it, when it goes off, I immediately go to that. If I can't do it in that exact moment, I'll reset it again and remind myself because people don't have a problem focusing. They have a problem refocusing. And refocusing means you get started on something or you mean to do something and you get distracted and you forget it to do it. And at the end of the day, that day is gone. So schedule it, remind yourself to do it. And when that alarm goes off, do it, just do it. And you don't have to be super successful at it at the very first time, just do something. And then here comes the big bonus. Here comes the thing that seals it in. Here comes the catalyst. Here comes the thing that makes it automatic. Here comes the thing that makes it a natural extension of who you are. Are you ready for it? Yeah, it's called praise. It's called reward. Praise and reward yourself. 
And this, all of these steps are critical, but this one, I got to tell you, and again, you're going to hear me say it over and over and over again. If you want to condition yourself, you got to give yourself reward for it. Remember back when I told you that my father would look at something that I did and he would always praise me. He would always go, that was a great job. You know what? You did better than, than ever. This was great. Awesome. Now, by the way, my dad didn't know he was, you know, being a neuropsychologist when he was doing that. He was just doing what he did. That's just the way that he was. But here's what would happen. When you get praised by anybody and yourself, guess what your brain does? Say it out loud. Releases endorphins, which means your nervous system says, whatever I got this pleasure for, whatever I got this pleasure for right now, I want to do more of it because this feels good. It's how you train a dog to sit beg, fetch, whatever. It's how you train anybody to do anything is through praise. Not punishment, not disappointment, praise. It teaches the nervous system to want more of it. And so if you go through that sequence, if you choose first and then you write it down, put it on paper, your goal, your dreams, your desires, you've heard all that stuff. The fewer than 3% of the people have written down goals. It's a Harvard study from years and years, 50 years of proof of it, longer than that now, probably 70 years of it. And only 3% of the people are successful. And that's across the board with anything. So write it down. Next thing, schedule it and do it. And then lastly, praise yourself. For anything, it doesn't mean you have to be successful. When you were a baby and you stood up and you walked for the first time and you fell over, you didn't, your parents didn't scold you for it because you didn't get it right. Give yourself praise. How do you praise yourself? If you know me, you're shaking that ass, you're patting yourself on the back, you're putting a smile on your face, you're doing anything to cause joy in that moment. You interrupt your pattern. And if you're hypercritical on yourself, then stay tuned because I'm going to help you get over that mess as well because that slows you down like crazy. Activity, the difference between the successful and the unsuccessful, the difference between the achievers and the dabblers, the difference between those that are what I call megapreneurs, entrepreneurs that that succeed in everything that they do is activity, not action. Knowledge is not power. And action is only temporary power. Activity is consistent power, is, is something doing over and over again. Promise me you'll do this. And listen, you know, I'm here to do these things, to share these things with you because somebody shared them with me. Somebody was kind enough to help me out at the worst times in my life and showed me. And I've made a career of it now helping people because I promised that I was going to do that. And so what I encourage you to do is do the same thing. You can blame it on me. You can blame it on my mentors. Go out there and teach this. One of my mentors always taught me, Joseph, you learn something and you do it until you can teach it. Because when you can teach it, then it is really in your nervous system. And so I encourage you to get out there and talk about it. I encourage you to get out there, not just talk about it, but to do it as well. Choose, list it, schedule it, do it, and praise. That's the name of the game. And you will learn that beautiful thing called activity. And you will no longer rely on action and you'll get more stuff done. This is the way. The promise that I made at the top of the show was, I'm going to show you how to take less action and get more stuff done. Because here's what will happen. Lastly is this. It's, it's the what I call the global effect. And that means if you work on just this one thing, you start to feel good about it, then guess what? That will bleed into other things as well. And you'll find yourself getting up early, staying up late, doing the extra stuff and doing this activity across other. You'll find yourself being less and less tolerant of procrastination. 
You'll find yourself less and less tolerant of hesitation. You'll find yourself becoming a champion of getting stuff done as long as you reward yourself. So I hope this is beneficial to you. No, I don't hope it is. I know it is. And what my encouragement to you is remember this. Life is exactly what you dare to make it. And fortune favors the bold. So the trick to life is to boldly step up and dare to make your life magnificent. And this has been the cure for the common life. And I look forward to seeing you up the top. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Cure for the Common Life podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast player. And if you have any questions or comments or any topic ideas you might want to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly at josephmcclendon.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you at the top.